My friend Joe Pags is at it again as a special tribute song to those 13 rhinos that voted for the $1.2 trillion infrastructure. And by the way, if they didn't vote for it, it wouldn't have passed. Great job, these 13 Republicans. Anyway, our friend Joe Pags honors them with this song. Each time we vote for them, we believe what they say. It's time to take a stand. It's our future at play. They had their shot to stop Biden's mess. Why did those 13 rhinos say yes? One day they say they're in sync with just what we want. And now it's just a sin. Had their shot bended squat. Each time I'm hopeful, I must confess. Why did those 13 rhinos say yes? We send them there, believing what they do. They vote with the left. To us, they say, screw you. We need to call them out. We should take their seats back. Showed what they're all about. They might be smoking crack. You know we can't give them a free pass. Why did those 13 rhinos kiss Joe's ass? They had one job, not to even bob. Stand firm against this junk, don't side with the mob. Well, here we are, and this we know. These reps are turncoats. Didn't know they'd go this low. Voted in this spending bloat. Nancy Pelosi, they tried to impress. Why did these 13 rhinos cave and say yes? Why did these 13 rhinos cave and say yes? Why did these 13 rhinos cave and say yes? Anyway, our buddy Joe Pags is with us now. I mean, I, you know, all these years I know you. I never knew you had this talent. Uh, Carol Roth is with us as well. Uh, she has her podcast, The Roth Effect, and the uh, author of The War on Small Business. I, you know, you learn something. Like You think you know somebody. You're friends with somebody. And then you find out they have these incredible gifts. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me beforehand? <laughs> I could have. I, well, I, I, I would have put in requests, like, for the last 20 years. Well, I, I didn't know that I should have said anything. Because, first of all, I don't think I'm much of a singer. But I have a really good time exposing these idiots when there's a big news story. And I get to have some fun with it. And I got a little bit of musical talent, I guess. Just a tiny bit, Sean. Yeah, well, you, do, you have amazing talent, actually. Uh, and you're Thank like you. me. You probably have too much time on your hands. I am a total, complete <laughs> loser, uh, and I admit it. Um, you know, it really – I will tell you this. Between Mitch McConnell, you know, at the last minute, two straight months, Carol, he and Republicans said, no, they're not going to help Biden on the debt ceiling, the Democrats on the debt ceiling. And they could have stopped everything right there dead in its tracks. But at the last minute, they changed their mind. The same thing with the 13 Republicans. Why would you assist Joe Biden in giving him what is perceived as a win when he did not have the votes in his own party to pass this? 
we can't afford $1.2 trillion, never mind the additional $3.5 trillion they're trying to get still. Yeah, I mean, stuff like this undermines when people say that conservatives in the GOP are fiscally conservative, and then you have 13 rhinos, as uh, Joe so brilliantly sang about, uh, came out and not only did something that would make no sense absent of who was in charge, but then given the state of inflation and given the fact that they didn't have the votes, there's absolutely no reason that I can think of why this made sense. I mean, the bill's not actually for infrastructure. We're in a scenario where we have runaway spending, runaway inflation. These people need their head examined. It's really unbelievable. All right, I've got to ask you both. Um, I did not think I would get as as interested as I got and am in this case involving Kyle Rittenhouse. Right. Um, I can't believe you know that. It, well, I I I should predict it. The rush to judgment, no due process, no presumption of innocence. That crowd always exists, but it included the president, it included the media mob, people in Hollywood, all the predictable people, Joe Pags. And as I watch this trial unfold, you know, and I see the video and I listen to the eyewitness testimony and then I listen to the star witness of the prosecution say, yeah, I pointed the loaded gun at Kyle Rittenhouse before he shot me. The whole thing seems to have just fallen apart yet again. I couldn't agree more. You know, we went into this months and months now of hearing the left media tell us what this guy did wrong. He was a MAGA guy. He was a white supremacist. He was out there to kill some protesters, Joe Scarborough. I literally said the guy brought an AR-15, which is a huge gun, across the border to start shooting protesters. None of that even happened. First of all, an AR-15 isn't a huge gun. As I watch this, Sean, uh, I'm looking at an indictment of the Second Amendment. I'm looking at an indictment of rifles, which is strange. Um, The the prosecutor seemed to allege that Kyle Rittenhouse should have had a handgun for some reason, because I guess that's less deadly, um, and tried to say that protecting property while holding a gun means you're using lethal force. What you just alluded to, all these these lefties in the media, all of these lies about him really reminds you of Nicholas Sandman. There was a lie out here about Kyle Rittenhouse. There was a lie about what he did that night. Here's a kid putting out fires, giving medical aid to people who were injured by rioters, and then defended himself. You, You could see it absolutely and exclusively in those videos that he was defending himself. And still you've got people at CNN and MSNBC alleging he's a white supremacist, and now the judge somehow is a racist. You've got white prosecutors and a white defendant. Somehow the judge is a racist because he's interjecting and telling that this assistant district attorney that he's doing it wrong. It, it, this, this is a microcosm of exactly what's wrong with the left media in this country. Thank God we're getting the true story. You know, let me play, for example, how bad, Carol, I'll let you respond to this first, how bad and abusively corrupt and biased the mob and the media has been in this case. Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse, he murdered two people, by the way. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, a vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. A 17-year-old vigilante. Arguably a domestic terrorist picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, a guy who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest, looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. Rittenhouse, uh, the 17-year-old kid, just running around 
shooting and killing protesters. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism, took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A white, Trump-supporting, MAGA-loving, uh, Blue Lives Matter, social media uh, uh, partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. A 17-year-old boy mm. who drove across state lines with an AR-15 and started uh, shooting people up including a guy with a skateboard. Kyle Rittenhouse, who has killed protesters, unarmed protesters. Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old that went with a weapon into the middle of uh, protests uh, and then provoked people and then shot and killed them. Kyle Rittenhouse is the enemy. A boy from out of state drives up to the state with an AR-15 around his neck, shoots right and kills yeah. a couple of people, uh, shooting wildly, running around, uh, acting like... Uh, rent a cop drove across state lines armed with a rifle to go and shoot people. What a dark uh, dystopian scene where a 17 year old boy is carrying around a rifle running around and, and gunning down protesters. Uh, there you have it, Carol. That that is your fair and balanced and objective, non opinionated, non biased media. Yikes. I mean, it really hits home hearing it one after another. And if you, um, you know, really look at what stands out there, so much of it is not about an individual. It's about a narrative that Kyle Rittenhouse isn't really the one on trial. It's anybody who owns a gun, anybody who supports MAGA, anybody who supports Trump, anybody who doesn't think like the media does. That is really what's on trial. What I will say about it is that it is so blatant that a lot of people are starting to wake up. Bill Ackman, who is a well-known hedge fund manager who uh, I think leans a little bit lefty, went on a rant on Twitter yesterday saying how he had watched the testimony and cross-examination and said, quote, we came away believing that Kyle is telling the truth and that he acted in self-defense, went on this whole uh, tweet stream about talking about him being a civic-minded patriot and whatnot, then posts uh, a little bit later, just got a call from the media asking if my Twitter account was hacked. That is, the reporter couldn't conceive of the idea that I could believe Kyle is innocent because I am not a right-winger. I think that pretty much sums up what is going on here. I, look, I, I know I have too much experience in this that I, you just really can't interpret where a jury's going to go and how they're seeing it differently maybe right. in the room. Um, but my thought is he gets acquitted on pretty much everything. Maybe the gun charge sticks, but that's a misdemeanor. I don't even think that I don't even think he's going to get in a lot of trouble for that. In terms of the shooting of three people, I thought it was a pretty compelling case. That was made with eyewitness testimony, video testimony, and the star witness uh, of the prosecution's testimony uh, that this was self-defense, Joe Pags. Uh, is it pleasant? No. Uh, should, should Kyle, in retrospect, should people be putting themselves in a position where maybe they have the greatest of intentions and they want to help, maybe looking back, Maybe you want to stay the hell away from areas where you have problems like this. And that means good people would, you know, don't go to help other innocent people that are being hurt, like stores that are being 
looted and, and arson that's taken place, et cetera? Well, I think it's a great point. For, first and foremost, we're not talking about the thing that, that even started this entire event that night. The riots over a guy who had a knife fighting police who was where he shouldn't have been and Jacob Blake being shot by police as he was reaching into his car. We're not talking about the riots that were burning down a city. They were attempting to Minneapolis, Kenosha. In Minneapolis, you had hundreds of of minority-owned businesses burned to the ground, and you were going to see that in Kenosha as well, just because people wanted to riot with a very small amount of information about Jacob Blake in that situation. Uh, I'll bet Kyle, in retrospect, as you said, Sean, would go back and rethink the events of that night because, again, there were riots happening, people burning things down, and being a good Samaritan ends up being, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. But what he did that night and how he did it that night was so misrepresented. We got the real facts here. I think you're right. The gun charge maybe sticks. Self-defense is evident when the star witness for the state said, I pointed my gun at the guy before he shot me. And then there's video and photographic evidence of that as well. What makes me sick is that entire montage you just ran is just a very small amount of the misinformation since, uh, since August 25th of last year that's been out there. there. I will bet you five to six to seven out of ten Americans think this guy went there and was willy-nilly shooting anybody he saw. And just one note, if I can, about the AR-15 that they keep on saying AR-15. They're not saying a rifle. AR-15, AR means armalite. It doesn't mean assault rifle. Yeah, it's, by the it's way. Just, it's, just, <laughs> it's just dumb. They're representing it like it's a bazooka. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, you know, of course, they don't even know what the difference is. You'd have, like, for example, I own AR-15s, but they're modified in ways that are so ridiculous to make them compliant with New York laws, Joe. You, right. you, you'd love this. It's all about cosmetics. It has zero to do with with the weapon itself. Nothing. So I guess it makes them feel good. They don't know a darn thing about, about a firearm. You're, you're, you're right. They're changing the way it looks, although a much more powerful weapon can look, I guess, more innocuous. The AR-15 is a war-style machine. Nobody's going to <laughs> war with an AR-15. It doesn't make any sense. And, and the, the bullets that he had that night were two two threes, which are basically a twenty two caliber bullet. I don't understand why they're trying to vilify it. Sean, again, and Carol, I think this is an attack on the Second Amendment, an attack on so-called assault rifles, and they're trying to do something bigger than Kyle Rittenhouse out of this. That's my opinion. All right, got to let you both go. Thank you, Joe Pags. We appreciate it. We always thank appreciate you, you sharing your great music with us. Carol, thank you. Good to have you back. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back. So The Chosen is like the hottest series on television and, you know, most streamed actually in the entire country right now. And and if you haven't found it, uh, especially if you believe in faith and God and, and the things that really matter in life, even more than politics, way more, um, everybody's flocking to it. The amazing thing is Hollywood has always played to the lowest common denominator. They've always played to violence and sex and, you know, just just or just mindless entertainment. And whenever a good product comes out, it is amazing how people find it. They share it with their friends and they flock to it. And anyway, so it has become a big hit now for the second time now. uh, They have come out with Christmas with the Chosen. And it's about a well, let me just play the, the trailer. Do you know where Luke is? I didn't tell him everything. Go tell it on the mountain. Joseph, 
I can't keep looking. He's coming. Here's the amazing thing. The TV show, The Chosen, is now, it's a new streaming TV drama. I just found out about it recently. I'm just starting to watch it. And it is amazing. And I don't say that about many things, especially when it comes to entertainment. Um, It touches you in ways you won't even imagine. And get this, it's now viewed over 374 million times worldwide. That's how viral this has become. Now you have The Chosen for Christmas, or Christmas with The Chosen to be more official. Uh, It is now setting uh, Fathom uh, event records in the first 12 hours. And anyway, Dallas Jenkins is the creator of all of this. He's a genius and uh, joins us uh, to tell us about it. How are you, sir? Um, So glad to be here, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. Tell me, where did you get this skill set that you have that just you, you have this ability to break through where so many do not, and you go a whole different path, you don't follow the crowd, and it seems to be paying off big time for you. Well, I think that applies to every part of this show. So the content itself is unique in the fact that I happen to be a strong believer. Uh, I love the Bible. I believe it's God's words, and the, the story of Jesus, uh, of course, changed my life, and I'm passionate about it. And yet, when it comes to the show, and I'm capturing the stories of Jesus, I'm trying to do it in a way that I haven't seen before, which is really explore the humanity of Jesus and the disciples and even his enemies. The authenticity of the stories is huge, and I think you would probably agree with this when you watch the show. Uh, we, we really try to put you there. It feels like you're in the first century, and you can identify with their problems and identify with their questions, and then hopefully, ultimately, identify with the solution to those questions and problems. When it comes to the release of the show, this is where we've just done it completely outside the system. The show is completely free. You can watch it, and you can choose to pay for it if you want. Um, we are on our own app. Uh, we are not on a popular streaming platform or on a on a, a broadcast network. We've done this completely outside the system. We're completely crowd funded we do it ourselves and that's allowed us to keep control of the content and then also keep control of how people watch it explain that to to most people because most people think streaming they think about netflix and hulu and and prime video and et cetera, et cetera. and again 374 million times it's now been viewed worldwide um how how do people find it because when it comes to technology i'm probably the biggest idiot you've ever talked to um, I might compete with you on that. I'm actually not a big tech guy myself, but uh, we've actually made this really easy. So you just go 
uh, on your phone, you look up The Chosen, and we're easy to find. Uh, it's, it's a, we're our own app now. You might be thinking, I don't want to watch a, a, a Jesus show on my phone. Well, we've made it so that you can connect it directly, free and easy, to your streaming platform. So I could go to your house, and if you've got a Roku or Apple TV or Fire Stick, I don't, you don't even need a subscription. You don't need your email address or anything. It casts directly from your phone to this streaming device. It's also on a website, thechosen.tv, www.thechosen.tv. Uh, you can just look it up and you'll find it. But that's where people can actually watch the episodes, again, free and easy. You don't even have to sign up for anything. We've just tried to make this as accessible as possible. I believe the gospel is free, so we made the show free, and people can pay for it if they want. And because they're so passionate about it, they are paying for it. Uh, some people are. People who can't afford it don't have to, but those who are um, have generated you know, over $100 million in gross revenue this year alone just so that we can continue to do more episodes and seasons. I mean, it's just an incredible story, and you don't hear about this ever in media, movies, entertainment. It just doesn't happen like this. Tell us specifically why you went with a second year Christmas with the Chosen, what that means and what people can expect. Yeah, thank you for asking that. Yeah, uh, we're in between seasons two and three right now. So we just released season two a couple months ago. I'm writing season three with my co-writers. Well, the fans are so rabid and they're so eager for more. And we thought, you know what? In between these seasons, wouldn't it be fun to do a brand new episode and tell the story of the birth of Christ from the perspective of Mary and Joseph and really explore this in a way that hasn't been done before. There's one image in the episode that I think stands out to me as we were making it was it shows Joseph scooping up a pile of manure in the stable to make room for Mary to give birth. Uh, that image alone really moved me, that thought of, of the, the birth of the Christ child coming in the midst of, you, you just would never expect the Messiah to come to earth in this way and in this setting. And so that just really was passionate uh, to, for me. I really wanted to capture that in a way that hadn't been done before. And then we've got these extraordinary musicians. So you got Four King and Country and Phil Wickham and Maverick City Music and some of these great musicians who did Christmas songs on the set of The Chosen. So we gathered a dozen of those artists. We gathered this brand new episode and uh, we're releasing it in theaters uh, in December. But it just felt like a great opportunity for this Christmas season to get people out to theaters again, uh, even though Hollywood has been really concerned that people wouldn't come to theaters unless it was a big Marvel movie or a horror film. We're like, well, let's maybe see if we can pull this off. And so uh, it's been it's been shattering records, and it's been really fun. It just shows how hungry people are for the right content. It's amazing. Uh, that's exactly the description. Hungry for content and good content. And now you're in 190-plus uh, countries. You know, it, there's two things that I do like to do when I'm not talking politics is my faith is very important to me. I'm, I'm a non-denominational Christian. And by the way, I'm one of the Christians that needs the saving kind of Christian. I'm not the perfect Christian person. And, and I say that because I think Christians are often misunderstood. Um, you, you know, for example, in pop culture, it seems that if there's a prominent Christian and they fall from grace or have some public uh, scandal of some kind, you, you, you watch this group of people, you know, almost gleeful about it. But that's not my understanding of Christianity. And I did go to Catholic schools for 12 years of my life. My understanding is to be a Christian, it's simple, is that you acknowledge you have failed, you have a desire to change your heart, the Latin for repentance is to change one's heart, and that you, you seek redemption through Jesus Christ and reconciliation with God the Father. Um, I think Christians are very misunderstood. Am I wrong? 
You are not wrong, and I, I think that's a great way to put it. You know, when you said, I'm not a perfect Christian, uh, no one is. Uh, I, I like to say, I'm, I'm a bad Christian, which is why I'm a Christian. Uh, the fact that we need the Savior is not something that we learn early on in life and then we forget about it. It's a daily thing. It's a daily reminder. And that's actually what the Chosen, I, I believe, does for people, is Jesus came to earth to remind us of that, and his, he had both bad news and good news. The bad news was, you're never going to get this right, you're never going to be perfect. Uh, you, you, even, even those of you, you religious leaders, he had the most to say to them, you religious leaders who think that you've got it together because you are religious, uh, you're just as bad, if not worse, than others because you're hypocrites. So here's the good news, though. I am perfect, and I will make you uh, a surrendered and broken person, and if you surrender your life to me, you can have access to salvation that you wouldn't if you don't. If, and all you have to do is just acknowledge that. And so the show is showing you that these, we're putting you, we're putting Jesus into this situation where the people were trying so hard to be good, and he's like, "Don't worry about that. You'll you'll do that as a result of my salvation, but that's not what's going to get you there." And the show is a great reminder of that, I believe, and it's where I'm, my heart is, and that's what I think people are resonating with, is, okay, these people in first century that we've seen on stained glass windows and as statues, um, they're, you know, we've called them saints, they were actually just like us. Yep. And he actually picked people who you wouldn't have otherwise well, he picked, picked. he picked 12 guys that were fishermen. And I, I don't know, I'm just assuming, because I like to watch Deadliest Catch, I don't know if you ever watched that, it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. And uh, fishermen, I imagine, back in Jesus' time, probably cursed, probably noticed pretty women, and probably uh, were not perfect either. The, you know, kind of like when I worked in construction, we were construction guys. And uh, I, I think the biggest untold part of Christianity is that, you know, here we have, and I love to debate atheists over this, not agnostics, atheists. And, people, and I'll ask them, so you really believe that, all of these, this energy somehow collided and it formed uh, a big bang that created universes within universes within universes and the stars and gravity and the sun and, and the moon and the planets and, and mankind and the animal kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. And that just happened because I, I don't believe that. That would be a far bigger miracle than the idea that there is something much more powerful and greater than us that is a creator, and our job, and, and I think part of the mystery of life is finding that missing part and seeking, finding, you know, knocking, and the door getting open. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't even see the majestic, the majesty, if you will, of creation. Well, that's the beauty of, of the story, is that there is, as you said, the majesty and beauty and epicness of creation, and yet the creator of the universe was one of us. He actually came to Earth, and that's what the Christmas with the Chosen is about, this story. He came to Earth in a barn and to a scared teenager, and all of that piece of it, and then the, the Chosen in general, showing that Jesus came among a, a time of oppression. And you mentioned earlier, you know, he called fishermen. He also actually called a tax collector, which uh, not only back then was uh, was uh, rare and uh, he was hated. Uh, as you know, you and I probably hate tax collectors as much as anybody. And so Jesus actually called and said, I want to make you one of mine. And uh, that whole piece of it, the fact that he reached down and reached to us, that we don't actually have to fight to get to him, is the most extraordinary event in human history.
Well, I wish you all the best with this. It's now, uh, when does it start its run in theaters? December 1st? Yeah, so the show is out now, of course, but the the theatrical piece is December 1st through the 10th uh, in theaters. You just look it up online, you look up The Chosen in theaters, you'll find it. And uh, we've we've literally shattered records, doubled the record for pre-sales that we sold out in two days, so they added eight more days in theaters and are really kind of upsetting the apple cart for what people are expecting. So make sure you go get the tickets now. I'm not saying that as a salesman, I'm saying because they are literally selling out as we speak. It's pretty amazing. It's a great success story, and it also shows that when you produce quality, a quality product like you have produced with The Chosen, uh, that people will flock to it. I mean, it's, it's an amazing success story, and it's also enlightening, and I think it's, it's the kind of movie that touches people's souls, and there's not enough of those movies that do that. I'm, I'm all for entertaining movies, but I also like movies that make me think, touch my soul, move me to even want, wanting to be a better person. It's really nice to talk to you, Dallas Jenkins. Uh, we'll put a link on Hannity.com, and if you want to find out, it opens in theaters on December 1st. They've added eight days. If you want to be a part of this Fathom event, you can do it. And uh, thank you, sir. Continued success. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.